Welcome to Color Me Dead. This is a true crime podcast, and we talk about murder and fuckery most foul in detail while using the darkest of humor. If you don't like words like fuck and cunt, then you probably shouldn't listen. But if you do, then join us while we fuck your feelings. Put two hands up and grabbed her around the neck. But I mean, I didn't, I mean, I didn't grab, I didn't grab her around the neck to, to choke her or do nothing. All I was going to do is grab her around the neck and shake her. We're bringing you episode 72 72 Ish. fred and rose west the fuckery most foul twins part two part two part two so last last time i i want to say last week but last week was fucked up so yeah. last time we talked to you guys about fred and rose we talked about the early life of fred okay so i was reading that one book and then i i abandoned ship there and started reading the other one that you brought because it mm-hmm. is so much better. It's called An Evil Love, The Life of Frederick West by Jeffrey Wan. Wan- Jesus, why can I not say that word? It's, it's not Jeffrey Wansell. And he actually is one of the main um, narrators slash guests on uh, Moms and Murders. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. And he, he yeah. talks a lot. He knew he, he knews a lot. He does. He, he had it. some shit in there. I know. That I did not know. So I made a list of things that I found different that we can discuss. That Because we were talking about it last time, kind of. Because mm-hmm. I was like, oh, that wasn't in my book. So I made notes. So we're going to re- reiterate. We're going to backtrack a little bit. From Before we I get found. on the rose. Mm-hmm. So I kept getting confused because the book I read said that they she had eight eight kids total. But they only mentioned the death of one child. And so I kept, like, why am I doing my math wrong? Why do I say that there are seven, but everything says that there are six kids? Well, because another one died. Mm-hmm. The th- third one. The f- fourth child that she had, but it would it was the Violet, and then Fred, and then John, and then Douglas, David, mm-hmm. David, <laughs> making up names. He's the one that died also. So that cleared something up for me. I don't know if anybody else was... Worried about that, but I was. Also, Walter had a first wife, which this wasn't mentioned in the book, the other book. Yeah, Fred had... Walter, his dad. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yes. So, he did. He actually married a spinster lady that was quite a bit older than him. Now, she died under, finger quotes, very mysterious circumstance. Now, Mm. he would go on to say... That she died from a bee sting. Yes. yes. After two years of marriage. Yes. It was just mis- just mysterious. She got a bee sting and died. Yes. Yes. Well, and it was said that um, in that book that he probably had killed mm-hmm. more than just her because unless she went into like anaphylactic shock from a bee sting, a bee sting's not going to fucking kill you. No. And they would know that when they like, With, examined like, her. Yes. Yeah. She would be a swollen mass of... Right. Yeah. Yeah. So they're going on to say that, like, Fred's violent tendencies and shit were a learned behavior from his dad. Well, obviously, you know, because they actually talked about his dad really enjoyed violent sex and would actually attack the farm workers, like the girls out working the fields, and rape them, like angrily and his mom was a was a wild one too she would beat the fuck out of all of them and she would wear that belt i think we talked about that that mm-hmm. she w- started wearing a belt around her waist just so she could beat the fuck yeah, out of daisy them. 
Yeesh. Daisy, Daisy. Daisy. Oh, God, there's a picture in this book of Daisy. And I'm like, oh, they weren't lying when they said she was a plump. Oh, yeah. Sometimes in the older days, plump was not. No, was, she a big bitch. She was a big. She had she had me in the up area. Yeesh. You know what the, the weird thing is? And we're going to have to. Um, we're going to have to identify when you say Daisy because Fred's mom and, and Rose's, Rose's mom, mom were both named Daisy. Yep. They were. I was like, well, well, I'll be dipped in shit. Smack <laughs> my ass and call me Daisy. <laughs> <laughs> so another thing that I wanted to add that I found is ju- it's just a little tidbit that is fucking horrifying, but they used to fuck the sheep, right? Well, he said that his dad told him that it was easy to fuck the sheep if they put their hind legs in their boots. And it was a family joke about the first time that Fred tried to do it because it was a total disaster. Like, why? Mm -hmm. Why is that a family joke? And why is that funny? Like, the first time I tried to fuck the sheep, like, he kicked the shit out of me. Couldn't get the fucking leg in my boot. And it was a disaster. But I've got it down now. It's... It's absolutely horrifying that people find that to be a normal, I don't know, like it's a, a normal occurrence for the kids to just go skipping out into the fucking field and ram their peepees into sheep. Right. Or, yeah, or bang the pig in the parlor. Like that one, that one fucks me up a little bit, mostly just because they would later then slaughter that pig and fucking eat it. Like right. Every year. Ca- you guys came into that thing. Yeah. Ew. Does that tenderize it? Like, <laughs> Oh, my God. So, so is you that can... how they cure it? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Another thing. I don't think I said this in the first one. When he was 15 or 16, when Fred was 15 or 16, picking up girls um, and having sex with them. We talked about their little game where he would just go fuck whoever was willing and whatever apparently he would carry around engagement rings like there was a point where he had a hundred of them just and he'd be like pick one and he would propose to all of them so that they would fuck him and then they would get mad at him later and give them back to him so he would just keep the cycle going Mm -hmm. who does that fred but i guess it worked for him because in their village they weren't allowed to have a boyfriend girlfriend until they were 21 so the girls that he was like proposing to would keep it secret because they weren't allowed to do that. So nobody's going to find out. Jesus, he's such a slime ball. Oh, yeah. Also, his mom, the reason she was more upset about him being with the young girls is because she was jealous. Mm-hmm. I didn't well, ever think of it that way. It's So if you stop and think about it, you know, when he first started showing signs of puberty and throwing yeah. bones and stuff like that and she was like here let me show you what that's for let me show uh, you where to put that bone you <laughs> so yeah when he's going out and being adventurous and i wonder if she got jealous when he was banging her like when he was banging his little sisters well, no i don't know because or if I, that was I, okay she encouraged it yeah but she was jealous when he was going out and banging. But maybe it was because it was staying in the family. Yeah. Like, it was okay for him to fuck sheep, pigs, little sisters, and moms. But as soon as he took his business into the mean streets of wherever the fuck. Yeah. I can't remember now. Why can't I remember? Where the fuck did they? Much Markle. Yeah. Um, and starts 
you know, shagging younger, prettier, right? That kind of thing. Then, yeah, I think she did get jealous. And so, going to his motorcycle crash, the book I read at first said that he crashed into Patman, the girl, but and she didn't have any like there was nothing wrong with her, but he like had all he was all fucked up. Well, the evil love book says that he ran over her bike, which caused him to crash because she was like, apparently in the ditch, they think getting rid of her knickers because she had just banged somebody. So she was getting rid of her undies. And he wrecked over her bike and hit into a brick wall. And that's what shattered his skull. Yeah. So he sustained a pretty legit brain injury. Yeah. And that's, they said that, um, Jeffrey Wanzell said that that pretty much turned off any, like, any and all filters. Bye. Yeah, there was no filter. However, on that mom's... Moms and murders. Yes, that. um, One of the guys on there said uh, they they think that that motorcycle wreck is what made him turn into, like, a killer or whatever. And he's like, I don't believe that for one second. He was going to be a fucking killer anyway. Anyway, like, he was fucked up. Like we said before, we think that his dad probably was doing it. And so then he did it. And he just followed in the footsteps of his dad. He just got caught. Well, and one of the things that they didn't talk about with Fred in mm-hmm. the first book yeah, that I was actually kind of upset about is they think that he had actually started murdering people well before. Well, yep. Because much like Catherine Knight, he was actually a butcher as well. Mm-hmm. So he had some fucking skills with knives as well. Yeah. And they think that he actually slayed a few before Rose before Anne. the first wife and his first two kids. Yeah, and Anne, the first girlfriend, because mm-hmm. she was the first one that we knew of, but he, she was one of the last ones to get discovered, too. Mm-hmm. But going back to his sister, his sister, remember I was confused because you were like, his mom promoted it, and I'm like, but they shunned him from the family, and and I couldn't figure out what the thing was with that. This book straightened it out for me. Yeesh. The family did say it was okay because it was all okay in there. What they were upset about is that he got caught. Yes. So it was like once people knew, yeah, that's when they were like, now we have to, now we have to go along with everybody else. Yeah. Because they didn't want people to be like, oh, you're oh. that family. Yeah. So as long as they were staying in the family, then they were totally cool with it. They were like, yeah, I did. Like, do you fuck your sister? Do that. Do your thing. And then when he got caught, they were like, no, you need to go live somewhere else because you got caught. And that's when he did go live with his Aunt Violet for a while and then ended up going back to his family because mommy missed him. Mm -hmm. Her Her little little blue-eyed boy. (laughs) You were getting ready to see (laughs) Pinch, poke, yo, me a coke. So I'm going to move on to Rena because I missed this because it wasn't in the other book. The other book was a good read. It just, I feel like it left out a lot. So when I ordered that book, because it was after I watched Moms and Murders, I was mm-hmm. like, this guy fucking knows some shit about some shit. He does too. So Holy you watched shit. the whole documentary, right? I didn't finish it. No oh, shit. I, I like the shit out of that, mm-hmm. out of that guy. Mm-hmm. But he went like, he interviewed people. He went mm-hmm. around and got his info. Yes, he did. So I mean, yeah, I already said that moving to Rena, her pimp was also her lover when she was married to Fred. Mm-hmm. And he went by the name of Billy Boy. 
Okay. Okay. Some people believe that Charmaine was his kid, but in this book, they don't really specify it. Like they did with the other one, they said he was an Asian bus driver. In this one, they kind of hint towards it being Billy Boy. So I'm not sure who Charmaine's dad actually is. Mm -hmm. I don't know. And I don't even think she knows who it is, to be honest. Probably not. Well, she doesn't know because she's dead, but she didn't know. And when Rena got pregnant with Anna Marie, she was super pissed about it because and tried to abort her on her own. Like she's decided that she can do abortions with a crochet hook. But then the people at the hospital saved the baby, and she was pissed about that because she didn't want the baby because she knew it was going to slow down her 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 traffic, traffic yeah for her prostitution. And but Fred really wanted the baby because he wanted his own baby, and it was just all strangely enough a fucked up mess. Weird, weird. Yeah, but you have to stop and think about why did Fred really want a baby? Well, you we know why. Like. That's a lot of responsibility for somebody that genuinely wants a child because they want a legacy, not somebody that wants to raise it and teach it how to fuck sheep or fuck it. Yeah. Ugh. Gross. Um, also, Rita would beat Fred. We talked about how he would have the rough sex with her and leave her crying and mm-hmm. acted like she was a victim. It sounds like it went both, both fucking ways because she knocked him out. In this book, it said that he, uh, he, she knocked him out with one punch at least four times. Like she would just wail off and bam, and he was done. <laughs> Good night. <laughs> night, night. So apparently she beat on him just as much. So it wasn't as, uh, it wasn't as one-sided as we said it was before. Also, Anna McFall, they had the age wrong in the other book. They said she was 15 and she was actually 17 and she was 18 when he killed her. So that was all completely wrong. And he was 24. Like I found so many things that I was like, God damn it. Why did I read this book? Well, and it's, but you'll get that. Like you can watch one documentary that'll tell you one thing and then read a book and there's conflicting information. You can read one book, go to another book, conflicting information. Right. It's and like it's the same base. It's, I mean, all the basic information is the same, mm-hmm. but when you start digging into the deeper details that the Color Me Dead girls like to get into, yes. it's a little bit more difficult. Yes. And we do, we like to get out our shovels. <laughs> we'll dig it. I'll dig it out. I'll dig it out. I'm not burying anyone with the shovel. I'm digging the up. Gasp. Get your fucking shovel. <laughs> yes, we're going to dig it up. Uh, he had also taken Anna McFall home to his family, who his family loved. Like, Re- uh, Daisy loved her. I guess there was a front room of their house that they never took anybody in, that Rena never got to go in that house. And Anna sat in that room with Daisy and Chitty chatted it up. It's like, like the they white room. Loved her, yeah. But apparently Walter liked Rena, and Fred thinks they were fucking. Probably, which I'm sure they were. I'm she sure they were. Fucked everything, and so did he. So yeah, but the whole West family, like, as long as it was warm, they're going to put their dick in. It could have been a bowl of soup. Yeah, they probably did. Dinner got weird if somebody hasn't been laid for the last thirty minutes. I, I mean, don't know. Grace. Uh, he also wrote a memoir, which seems very interesting. He wrote it in prison, which is where he finally learned how to write. And he still didn't know how to spell anything very well. But it was called, I Was Loved by an Angel. And I'll read some things out of that. Anna McFall is the angel that he was loved by. 
That's why we, we, we always dismember the person we love. Well, he always said that Rose was like the love of his life and called her an angel too. Oh, I, I, I'm actually going to read part of it now. Okay, this is he's talking about like the start of their relationship. The relationship? He, he, <laughs> he said, but I am married. Anna said, is that what you call it? I pulled back the bed covering and said, get in. Anna did not move. You are not looking at me. You are looking at a nightdress. That is not me. Well, remove it then. Anna said, no, that's up to you to do that. From this day on, I belong to you. No man will ever touch me or see me as you will. So I got out of bed and undressed Anna slowly. Anna's body felt like the silk and smell of spring flowers. I put my arms around Anna and kissed her on the lips. It was wonderful, but strange to be kissed by an angel that loved you. Right. This was, I guess he bought her like a, a nightdress, a lacy nightdress that she wore for him. And yeah, and that was his account of how their relationship started. I don't believe it, but I don't believe a lot of things that Fred says. He seems to be a bit of a liar. (laughs) A little bit of a silver-tongued gypsy. Yeesh. Also, that 15-year-old boy that we talked about that they found hanging, Mm -hmm. and they didn't know if it was a suicide or if he was choking and jerking and didn't get the noose off fast enough and died... Because there was a bunch of porn laying around him with, like, nooses drawn all over the... Yeah, so it was, like, some autoerotic asphyxiation type yeah. shit. Yeah. Apparently, um, he wasn't just a random dude. He was a kid that Fred brought in as, like, a kid and took him everywhere and taught him all the things that he did and probably taught him how to fuck the pigs and the sheep and all that shit. And Because he went and took him to meet his family because he went missing at one point. And they found him at much mar- m- much Markle that with Fred's family, and then they found him dead just a little bit later after that. So uh, it's it, it's suspicious. It's a it's a little fishy. Anna McFall was seven months pregnant with their child when she finally got sick of his back and forth with Rena, and he had moved her into her own caravan again. And I think we kind of went over that last time. But she got fed up with this shit, and she decided she's going back to Scotland to go stay with her mom, and she was going to live with her and raise the baby for a while. And this is believed to be why he killed her, possibly. It's one of many scenarios of why he killed her. Or he didn't, I don't know if it had something to do with Rena, whatever. But we talked about it before, I remember, because I was like, why did he decide to kill her? What the hell led him to kill her? If he loves her so much, why did he kill her? Well, that's why. He wanted to keep her under his wraps and not let her go and, and be like, oh, this, this is Fred's baby. He also blamed Rena for it. In a 1994 interview in prison, he said he went to his caravan where Rena was with a man and was all out of sorts. And the man, who was Rolf, her pimp, said that Rena had stabbed Anne on accident. And here's another page out of the book that this is out of I Was Loved by an Angel by Fred West. Good job. His, his memoir. 
<laughs> this is what he says about that. We drove out there, and me and him dug the hole together, and Rena was Rena was set in the car watching Anne. Then you realize they're not Southern, they're I English. I know, should I be I English? No, maybe you should just read it. Then we both walked back up to oh, the God. field. <laughs> Unnecessary, just fucking read it. <laughs> then we both walked back up to, back up the field, and then him and Rena went down with the car and put Anne in a cu- in and covered her up and came back to me. I was sat on the tank beside the gate, splashing water on my face, and that was it. Like, it doesn't make sense because he can't write, and I think that's why I went Southern with it because that was the only way I could try to make it make sense. Because <laughs> you, you get the gist of what he's saying, but, like, the order in which he puts his words, I'm like, huh? What? What did you just say? But so he's trying to say that Rena accidentally stabbed her because she was pissed at her. So Rena, Rolf, and him all knew about it, and they all went together to, to dispose of the body. How do you accidentally body. stab somebody? Right. And she was dismembered with the baby next to her. So how, how did that happen? You forgot that part, Fred. Please tell us how that actually happened. Fred also had told his father what he had done, and he went up to the place where he had buried Anne with his father, and because it was really close to their family home, and they just stood there talking about it. And his dad was like, all right, well, it's a family secret. Let's keep it. Why? Why? He also told Rena what he had done, which scared the shit out of her and confirmed her fears about his violence. I... I don't know if I buy that because she already fucking knew. I was going to say confirm fucking what, when, where, why. Exactly. No, you bitch, you fucking you knew. You knew. You participated in don't that. Don't play stupid. Shit. I right? hate it when people, I, I genuinely hate it when people play fucking stupid. And they're like, I really, I just didn't even know. No. Somebody yeah, else did it. For- uh, he eventually told his mom, who later had a breakdown at the dinner table and told the rest of the kids. She was like, Fritz killed someone. She's buried out there at the finger-fucked fence-whatever that it's called. And I don't know what we're going to do. Like, she just announces it to the kids, like, to the whole family. Hey, did you want... You know what? Pass me those mashed potatoes. Fred Dunn killed fucking Anna. Fred, Freddy's fucking killed her. He's goddamn killed her. None of them told the police, though. So, like, his whole family knows. Rena knows. Nobody turned him in. Not no. one person no. turned him in. Keeping it in the family. Fucking hushy-hush. Where we keep our secrets, where we keep our dicks. <laughs> in our family. <laughs> that was horrible. That was clever. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, but I am not sorry because it was funny. <laughs> that was pretty clever. We talked about that little uh, waitress at the uh, pop-in cafe where all the mm-hmm. little, you know... And I like how you look at me and wiggle your fingers. Right. You know, you know, you know, you, you know, know, you know. know. And I'm bringing this is me summoning your memory. <laughs> Do you remember that? Um, that she was probably a victim of Fred West. We talked about all of that. Nobody knew exactly what happened to her. Well, it's it's thought it's you know that Daisy West possibly knew about Mary's disappearance and was having a hard time with everything. Because during the search for Mary, uh, she was taken in for a suspected heart attack. This makes much more sense than, what was it last time that the other book said it was like a gallstone or some shit? Yeah. 
this she was taken in because they thought she had a heart attack so they took her to the hospital while she was there she had another heart attack and died at 44 and they think it was because of the stress of all of like fred killing people and whatnot because she knew about all that shit uh, since Fred had now murdered Anna, he and Reno were still doing their on-again, off-again bullshit. And he was looking for another young girl to take Anna's spot because he liked that he could, like, groom her and make her what he wanted. And so while Reno was gone, he would get girls to, finger quote, nanny mm. for him. Mm-hmm. And that's how he got all these little girls to come to him. Come come to Butthead. Come to Butthead. Uh, this is how he met Rosemary Pauline Letts, who was 15 years old, 12 years younger than he was. Rosemary, a.k.a. Rose, Letts was born on November 29th, 1953 in the town of Northam, in Devon, England. She was the fifth child of William, who actually went by Bill, and Daisy Letts. While Daisy was pregnant with Rose, she suffered from depression. And Yes. Yes. <laughs> this is... Sorry, I get really excited about this, only because, like, when I was reading the book and watching the documentary, because I was kind of going back and forth between yeah. the two of them at the same time. This fucking floored me. This is how defunct this, like, age in medicine just is. fucking is bad news. Um, I'm going to let you tell that story, but after I tell you, because uh, Kevin gave us a little bit, which I ended up finding all the stuff in the book anyway, but I had to leave this in. Um, in parentheses, it said, it's like she knew she was going to give birth to a murderous skank. <laughs> <laughs> I had to put that in. But then you, why don't you tell us what she did while she was depressed and what her treatment was? Okay, so her mother, Daisy, was suffering badly from like manic depression, probably bipolar manias, that kind of thing. So she was actually pregnant with Rose. And she was put into a an institution, like a, a mental. I don't know. What do I? What am I trying to say? Mental institution. Yeah. So they believed at that particular juncture that the only way to cure her of her depression and other manias was to give her electric electric shock therapy whilst pregnant. So she was receiving some of the highest paddle electricity voltages that anybody would receive in that institution up and including two days before she actually gave birth wasn't it did you already say this sorry was it six months total during six months total Mm -hmm. no i did not say that that. no so but it was six months total that she was in there she was receiving she was receiving electric shock therapies at least once a day Mm-hmm. if not multiple times a day, while pregnant, up till two days before she gave birth. Now, that can't possibly be good for a fetus. N- no. No. I'm gonna, um, we're going to lead up into why she was depressed and had anxiety so bad to the point that she would think she would need this. And I'm going to give you a little spoiler. It's because her husband was a cunt. Carl, you're a cunt. Only his name is Bill. Their mother's names of Fred and Rose 
were both Daisy. They're both their mothers were named Daisy. Right. But this was not all they had in common with their family upbringing. Bill and Daisy were married in 1942. Bill was a radio operator in the Royal Navy, but after his first three daughters were born, he decided that it was time to retire from the Navy, even though they had like a really nice house that was provided to them by the military. Uh, he decided it was time to go, and he was only 30 years old at this time. He he liked his house really clean and didn't like that his three girls were messing up the house and everything was out of order, and he took it out on his wife, Daisy, often. He would come home and beat the holy living piss out of her because the house wasn't clean, and it wasn't how he wanted it. He didn't feel like he fit in because he liked order and cleanliness, and he had chaos and messes like anybody with three small children had. Like, I like my house clean. Look at it. Is it clean? Fucking no. I have three kids. We have a life. It's just... Uh, get your Sorry. Sh- get your shit together, Bill. It ain't gonna happen. When your kids are <laughs> gone, then you can have a clean house. Like, that's just how it is, sir. He was also having a hard time keeping jobs after he left the Royal Navy. In 1952, their fourth child, because your house isn't clean enough, you're gonna oh, have you're- another... Kid, you're you're bitching that it's dirty, so let's add some more to it. Yes. All right. His fourth, their fourth child and first son, Andrew, was born. Uh, he shortly turned his house into a prison because now their older kids are getting old enough to work. So everyone did their jobs and did them right, or they got punished. Yeah, including Daisy. I was never like, I was never punished like that, <laughs> but like. Growing up, my mom had a way that she wanted things done. And if it wasn't done the way she wanted it, God bless you, because she's coming after your ass. Right. But she was, you know, she was going to drill you. You might get popped in the back of the head, and you were going to have to redo it. Yeah. And you were going to do it and do it and do it until it was done right. Yep. So. Daisy later said they lived lived in a living hell behind closed doors. Bill was a paranoid schizophrenic who suffered from violent mood swings, mania, and aggression. He would physically assault his family like all the goddamn time. Things like throwing them down the stairs or slamming their head into walls. There was, that's normal. Yeah, there was one daughter who I guess he kind of made a sexual advance at and she denied him and he tossed her down the stairs. Okay, that's normal. All of it. Every part of every, that was all, normal. It's all normal. Daisy got pregnant with Rose in 1953, and this is when she was suffering from the anxiety and depression, and her psychiatrist. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes, that. (laughs) He recommended electroconvulsive therapy, and it just was not good for her. No. By the time she was two, Bill said Rose was thick as two short planks. They called her Dozy Rosie. Dozy Rosie. Well, you can't, you can't. Okay, so after after all of the electric shop therapy that Daisy had received while she was pregnant with Rose, and then several, several years later, here's this dozy little Rosie, just wide-eyed, blank stare, fucking nothing's nothing's making sense nothing's coming no. to you know is so, anybody in there no hello mcfly yeah god so anyway they go on and they actually talk about um in the book 
Um, and in the documentary, they actually talk about how her frontal cortex and all of her like decision making and all of her like uh, cognitive learning was just completely fucking delayed because she had been shocked in utero so many times that nothing nothing developed the way that it should have. And she didn't have like the right feelings that she was supposed to, like feelings of guilt or remorse or any yeah, of that. She didn't it, have it. None of it because that's all what develops mm-hmm. here and that didn't develop. So she could like walk outside, kill a nest of baby birds and be like, oh, well, oops. And Fred didn't really have it either because of his two head injuries that he got that were pretty serious. I didn't. I don't think he had that fucking anyway. But we can blame I don't it on either. brain injuries. And the brain injury didn't help it. I still maintain that he would have been a murderer no matter what. But he also had the frontal cortex injury, in because of that motorcycle wreck. After that, because they don't have enough kids, they had two more little boys. Because these two people need to have this many fucking kids to fuck up in the world. Good job. Why didn't you ever have kids? Why? So I could fuck them up as bad as you <laughs> fucked me up? Right? <laughs> and I, God, that's how I feel about that. Like, there's a, t- there's a time where the cycle needs to end. Bill and Daisy, stop. And like Angel said, Rose, Rose, Rose struggled in school. Her father decided to start grooming her to make him her sexual slave since she was, she's kind of dumb. Like, Well, and it was one of those situations where Daisy's depression had put her so far out and the convulsive therapy didn't work mm-hmm. and she just grew more and more like despondent mm-hmm. and Bill had finger quotes had some needs to be filled and so he decided that since rose wasn't really going to develop into anything else by his standards or pretty much everybody else's because she was blank page yeah that he was going to start making her daddy's special little girl Mm-hmm. and she on the other hand quickly figured out that if she kept him happy with sex then it was easier on everybody well not only that but it was kind of a when you start grooming a child for sex and you pick one. Yeah. Yeah, like he wasn't doing it with everybody else. Uh-uh. She was like, oh, I'm the chosen one. I'm the good kid. Mm-hmm. I'm the one that daddy likes the best. Yeah. Which is really fucking nasty. It is. And and I think that this is just my opinion, my own podcaster opinion. He, She didn't have any real love from anybody because she was nothing special. She was, you know... Like, she rocked back and forth. She hit she, her heads on things. She was kind of, she was off. Yeah. So she didn't get the love everybody else did. But then when she got a little older and started getting this from her dad, she was like, oh, somebody loves me. Somebody needs me. Yeah. And she I'm craved special. it. Yeah. Because when she, yeah, you, you actually mentioned it. When she was little, she would do that thing where she would, like, bonk her head on things mm-hmm. or she would sit and sway or, like, rock her head like this. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, man, because you fucking shocked her into shithood. Yeah, (laughs) what brain she would have had, you shocked them out. Her mother also taught her to comply to her man, or to comply to her man and always give him what he wanted because her body is not your own. This Mm -hmm. is something her mom, and I got that off of the documentary. Yeah. that this is not your that's not your own. This is for you to make somebody else happy with. If he wants it, you give it to him. In 1960, their family secrets got out, so they had to move across the country to Plymouth. Bill went to work at the naval dockyards, and he had a hard time keeping jobs again, 
and nothing changed at home. Everything was still, it was like a damn prison in there, and he was beating everybody when they weren't doing what they were supposed to. Rose started to act like her father at school as far as being very aggressive, and she was beating on other kids all the time. And she <laughs> she also started acting like her dad at home. The older three were gone by now, and so it was just the younger three at this point. I don't know if the older brother was still there. I know the older three girls were gone, and I don't know if Andrew was still there. But either way, she was at home, and she was supposed to be the one taking care of the younger boys. Well, she had started walking around naked around her younger brothers. Oh, yeah, prancing around like... Mm -hmm. And slowly started grooming them. Well, she would sneak into their beds at night. They shared a bed. What the book said is that they all shared a bed. All three, like her and the two younger. Okay, maybe I read that wrong because... I might have too. I I thought that she had her own bed, but she would she would get naked and sneak into bed with them at night. But if they're sharing a bed, yeah, like what the fuck were you doing naked? Mm, we know. But she would start. She started off with one brother by like jacking him off at night. Yeah, and then she started like climbing on top of him and having sex with him. Mm-hmm. And she did that with both of her brothers. What the fuck is it about this area? In the UK, that like everybody just is like incestuous as fuck. I don't know. I don't like it. Grody. Yeah. Uh, She didn't just bang her dad and her brothers, though, because by the time she was 14, she started focusing on older men. She obviously had started out with an older man, so that's what she obviously likes. A few weeks before her 15th birthday, though, she was raped by a guy who offered her a ride home from a Christmas party, and she didn't report it to the police. At around the same time, Daisy had had enough of Bill's shit and left with three younger kid younger kids to go stay at her one of her older daughter. I think her name is Glennis. Yeah. Is that how you say that? Yeah. And uh, she ran a mobile snack bar, but was at the end stages of her pregnancy. And so she asked Rose to run said snack bar while she was out having the baby. Well, Glennis's husband would go to go check on the thing that Rose was supposed to be running, the snack bar that Rose was supposed to be running. And like every time he went to go check on her, she was climbing out of a car like all Disheveled, disheveled and, and shit because sex hair fucking sweaty uh-huh i don't think she was running the kind of snack bar they wanted she started a sexual relationship with a 30 year old man at this time she even left to go live with him for a while but the cops found out and she was supposed to stay away from him but would sneak out late at night to see him but the relationship soon ended her mom ended up moving away from the sister's house Without telling her. Like, she took the two little brothers and just bailed. So now she was, like, literally left alone. She had nothing to do, so she moved back with her dad. Good place to be. Good place. Good place. Good place. And he was now using her for a replacement wife because his wife was gone. So now he's like, "Oh, oh, you're here. And she was okay with that. She got a job at a baker's shop. She often took the bus home from work. However, she was raped for a second time at the bus stop, and she never reported it. And again, and from then on, she started catching the bus at the main depot for a while. 
Uh, it's possible that Fred was the one that raped her. It's a theory that he's one. Of, he's the guy that raped her at that bus stop, but nobody knows. In the but in the summer of 1969, he finally approached her at the bus stop. They knew of each other. They knew each other's reputations because he was the guy that went and picked up a bunch of kids, and they partied at his place. And she was the guy that was all. Or she was the guy. She was the girl that was always with older guys. And, yeah, they knew of each other, so they weren't complete strangers. But nobody knows how this went down at the bus stop. Fred says they were on the same bus to Bishop's Cleave, and they had made plans to go on a date. Rose said that she turned him down for a date and turned him down again a few days later at the same bus stop. Who's telling the truth? We don't fucking oh, know. Oh, God only knows. Probably neither one of them, for, the, for all we know. She finally agreed to a date when she showed up when he showed up at her work and asked her to meet him at a pub called Swallow. Can, I like it. I know. Can I just giggled about that like so many times when I read it? I was like, my God, you are geniuses. I could see me having a bar named Swallow. Or dude, if I ever open a strip club, oh. I would call it the Swallow. Yes, I have a shirt that has two birds on it, and it says swallows. <laughs> I haven't worn I, it since I had kids. I actually had that shirt. You did? I did, and my mom fucking cut holes in it and threw it away because uh, uh, I, I came home for the yeah. weekend. Because it was a while ago that I had that Me shirt. Me too. I was living in Salt Lake, uh, and I came home to do laundry, like to visit my mom and do laundry. She saw, saw, she she saw, saw the, the shirt, <laughs> and she cut holes in the motherfucker, threw it away. She was like, that is obscene. I was like, it's fucking you're, funny. You're buying me a new fucking shirt, bitch. Right? I can't remember where the place was that I got mine, but I also got one that said, I should be in the kitchen. <laughs> it just made me laugh because, you know. In his version, though, of the story, back to the, back to the ranch... He says that they met outside and he took her to his caravan, but there was a girl sleeping there that Rose knew and refused to go in. And I guess it was just some druggie that Rose, that Fred let stay there because he would always let people stay at his caravan. And he took her back home the next day so that he could have Rose come over. Every time somebody says caravan, all I think of is snatch. <laughs> What's wrong with this caravan? Oh, nothing, Tommy. It's tip top. Oh, I haven't seen that for so She's long. She's partial to Periwinkle Blue, boys. Periwinkle Blue. <laughs> <laughs> fucking love Brad Pitt in that movie. Yes. Dirty, grimy, stinky fucking yes. gypsy. That's the only part oh. I remember about that movie. Because I watched it forever ago, and I'm pretty sure I was a little bit loaded. Oh, okay. So I need to watch it again. I have I've, it. I've watched it so many times, I've got it memorized. So Rose's version of the story... She said that he bought her a drink at the pub, gave her a fur coat and lace as a gift. And she said that she refused it, but then said that he kept it at the caravan for her for when she went there to visit him. But whatever ended up happening on that date, apparently it was successful because she was the newest nanny. Nanny. Nanny for Fred. There had been, like, loads of girls staying there because he liked having people just, like, come drunk people come and crash at his house or whatever. I don't know if it made him feel useful or what because he he rarely drank, and if he did, he only had a couple. 
But he liked to have, like, out-of-control teens at his house. I don't know if that's because there was a better chance for an orgy or... I, I don't know. I don't know about that. I don't know about that either. Uh, the day after Rose started staying there, as said Nanny, she had stripped the whole caravan. She got rid of all of the people staying there. All of the women's clothing that was there, including Rena's clothes, she like put them all in this thing, in this box, and was like, here, get rid of these. Which Fred wasn't as upset about her getting rid of Rena's clothes, even though they were still married. Um, he said that Rena never wore the same thing twice. She would like, she never washed any of her underwear. She would take off the dirties and just put a brand new pair on. She must have been making some good money in her prostitution world if she never wore the same thing twice. Because that shit's expensive. Just so you know. It kind of reminds me of F. Scott Fitzgerald, oddly enough, uh, F. Scott Fitzgerald, who actually wrote The Great Gatsby. Yeah. Him and his wife lived in hotels their entire life, and they never did laundry. They would actually just go buy new clothes. I wouldn't be mad at that. But I want my new clothes to be washed, especially underwear. Like, I, and he used to, and he was not, like, a, a really, really rich man. I've read a lot about him. I actually love his shit. But anyway, he would, like, walk around and let dollar bills and, like, 20s and shit fall out of his pocket. Now, keep in mind, this is, like, the fucking 20s and 30s. Yeah. Like, that's a lot of fucking money. Yeah. So he would, like, let it fall out of his pocket and shit and be like, oh, no big deal. So, like, the bellboys or whomever in the hotel would, like, run over and pick it up and be like, thank you, Mr. Mis- Mr. Fitzgerald. And he would, like, he just liked that facade of... Being like a really wealthy, to well-to-do man. How crazy. Yeah, dude. Anyway. I wonder if Rose... I think his if, wife's name was Daisy, too. Everybody's wife's name's Daisy. Daisy, Daisy. By the end of summer, Rena West decided to show back up. She wasn't upset about Rose. She knew that if somebody was there distracting him, he was easier to deal with. So, oh, no. She also liked that there was someone else taking care of their kids so that she could go do whatever she wanted. So she was like, all right, sweet. Rena was unaware that Rose had planned to replace her completely, though. They got along pretty well, even though Rose didn't necessarily like Rena. Rena liked Rose and it, whatever. But Rena left again in October. On November 18th, Fred was arrested for non-payment of his two previous caravans because he just kind of, like, abandoned them. And he thought they could never catch up with him and was like, ah, fuck it, whatever. The children's department would not let his daughters be left in the care of a 15-year-old, which was Rose. So they took the girls into care while he was in... He served a three-day sentence. Okay. I don't think he learned anything by that, just so you know. No, because he got picked up for petty theft later, too. Yeah. But little did he know that Rena came back to care for them while he was... Because he thought they were going into care, but Rena actually came back to get them. And I guess from what I get out of this, like, in order for the girls to be out of care, Rena has to be there, too. It has to be both of them. It can't just be one or the other. Well, it could have while he was in prison, but not while he was out. It had to be both of them. Why? Because I don't know, and it didn't really explain, and that's just what I gathered out of it. Because three days after he got out of prison, Rena left again, so the children were placed with a foster family. 
which was a good thing because she got arrested in December for soliciting in Mm -hmm. Gloucester. During all of this, Rose had turned 16 because her birthday is in November-ish. I can't remember what day, and I don't give a fuck. Nobody cares. Nobody gives a fuck. Fred bought her an outfit to go out with him since all she ever did was wear her school uniform. I mean, how does a guy not like that? Because that's all Spencer asked for. <laughs> right? Like, I really just want to see you in a little schoolgirl uniform. Like, Tall socks, short skirt. Let's yep. do this. It's the Asian fetish. Yeah. Yeesh. Mm-hmm. In January of 1979, Fred took Rose to the Swallow for a drink one evening. They just happened to run into her father there, who was not happy about them being no. together. Not one bit. He No, put- Bill actually pulled some pretty shady shit. Uh-huh. Do you want to tell what he... Well, he punched Fred in the face. And Fred just walked away like the bitch he is. Mm-hmm. Well, not only that. So later, he would actually go on to um, have Fred arrested for statutory rape. Mm-hmm. Well, all the while, while he's banging his daughter. Right? You're doing the same goddamn thing, motherfucker. So, like, you're actually hitting it a little bit left because not only are is that statutory rape, it's fucking incest. So, yeah, he finds out that... Double whammy. Uh, for whammy, whammy, no whammy. Mm-hmm. Double whammy. Double whammy so, for the whammy. Do you remember that show? No. What? Whammy? It was a game show. Whammy, whammy, no whammy. Anyway. No. I'm going to have to pull up a video and show you one day. Anyway, so... He has Fred arrested for statutory rape, which he later drapes. drapes. He later drops Drape. the ch- drapes. Well, I have in here why it was dropped, too. So he later... Well, oh, shit. <laughs> so he later... <laughs> you know some things. I know some things. I know some things about some things. So they later drop the charges. And Nikki will tell you why. I will. Um... Bill and Daisy, so we're going to go back to after, Bill hauled her off, did I already say that? Bill hauled her go off ahead. and was like, "I'm, you're coming home with me, you can't stay with Fred anymore. And Bill and Daisy, who had since gotten back together, forbid them, forbid her to see Fred ever again. You can't see him ever again, you have to stay here with me. And Rose was like, okay, guess what? The only way that we can be together, that they're not, they can't fuck with us, is if I get pregnant. And so they figured out some way to sneak and meet together so that he could knock her up. And so they set a meeting spot. And before they met, Rose sent him a letter telling him how much she loved him. I will always love you no matter what happens. I will always love you. And within two weeks, she knew she was pregnant. After they met, she knew she was pregnant, which... Oddly enough, was like three years after Anna McFall got pregnant. Weird. He has a season. <laughs> Her father, Rose's father, Bill, Bill, was super jealous of Fred. Didn't want her daughter to be with him. She's like, I'm the old man she, in your life. She, her, what him, did I say? his. What did I say? She, her. She, her what? Talking about Bill. She was super jealous of Fred. How about Bill was super jealous of Fred and he there you go. didn't want Rose with Fred because he wanted to be the only old man in her life. Not old man, but whatever. And she wanted, 
she liked having the attention of an older man, and she wanted to have her own baby, because apparently she really liked babies. But as we'll find out later, she doesn't like them after they're one. Mm-hmm. Like zero to one, and then you're fucking done. She was prepared to be what Rena was, only better. She was willing to be tied up for rough sex, bringing girls to Fred, be a prostitute with a pimp, etc. She was going to do anything that made Fred happy. Yuck. Ew. So Fred, though, wasn't just, like, exclusive with Rose, as we know. He liked to sit at a popo... A pope. I don't even know what the fuck you were trying to say. A local pub. Does that always come out, popo love? <laughs> oh, shit, man. He liked to sit at a local pub and look for company. He liked kids that did drugs, like I said before, and they would come and stay with him. And it was obviously a way for him to seduce younger chicks. So one night, as he was sitting at this pub, he met um, a couple, a man named Terry Crick and his girlfriend. They stayed the night for two nights at his caravan. On the first night, Fred thought it was a, a good idea to show him his abortion tools and shit and be like, I can, if you guys ever get into trouble, I can show you how to do an abortion. You're doing the Southern thing again. I know. I don't know why. That's just what I do when I just, it's natural. It doesn't fit. It doesn't fit at all. It's part of my charm, right? Is it? (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. I don't think so. Uh, well, we talked about it in the last episode where he was like, hey guys, if you, if you ever get into trouble, I can perform an, an abortion. Just come to me. I do it in the shop. Well, this time he's like, look, I have this. And he had like some big corkscrew thing with the... It, it's like horrifying shit that he showed them. And... Some toy box killer shit. Uh-huh. Look what I got. Yeah. And he's like, I can... If you ever get into trouble and need me to help, I can I can do that. And he was showing pictures of vaginas and like bragging about how much he knew about the female anatomy. And like, okay, Fred, you're cool. <laughs> All right. On the second night, Rose was there, and they overheard Fred and Rose, like, plotting murder while they were giggling and banging. And whatever whatever they said, whatever Terry overheard, uh, would cause him to commit suicide 25 years later because he just couldn't handle it anymore. 25 years later and you couldn't fucking get over it? Yeah. I don't understand why. I don't know if it's... Because of when all of, like, when they got caught and it all went down. And he, like, knew that he could uh have prevented something by saying something. That's all I can think of because why else would he 25 years later? His girlfriend, on the other hand, would sometimes go back and visit. She was one of, like, the frequenters to that caravan. And maybe that's why he killed herself too because you know she didn't end up getting killed by him or anything but i know but she clearly liked going there and that's kind of weird yeah in february of 1970 bill filed charges against fred that's these are the charges that you were talking about for having sex with rose while she was underage um they sent her away to a home for troubled teens for three weeks and was released when she agreed to have an abortion of fred's baby she never actually was going to have the abortion, though. She just said it to get out. Right. And uh, she was supposed to have an abortion on the Monday. But the Sunday before it was scheduled, he gave her an ultimatum. 
which was to either stay home, get a job, have an abortion, or go live with Fred West and never have your family again. So what do you think she picked? Uh, I'm going to go with the latter. I don't know. I don't know. Let's see. Have an abortion, get a job, live at home, and I'm a fucking idiot. Um, I can barely read, write, and arithmetic. Yeah. What do you think I'm going to go do? (laughs) I don't know. He also said that if she picked the second option and he saw them in the streets, that he would knife them. Okay. She chose, I'm going to start saying that to people. Don't make me knife you. I'm going to knife you. <laughs> like, don't, you motherfucker, you don't want to piss me off. I will, I will knife you. Knife you. <laughs> Shortly after all of this, Rena decided to come back to Fred after all the bullshit. They got their girls out of care, and that day they put him to bed. And Rena, this is when she pulled the dirty because she left the next day. And they had to go back into care because they couldn't be out of care without both, both of, them of them. For some reason, I couldn't find anything deeper on what was going on there. There was a bunch of back and forth with the kids in and out of care because Rena kept coming back and then she would leave and then blah, blah, blah. But in the end, he ended up being able to keep them. Rose's dad, all through all this, was still trying to press charges again. But after Rose was examined by a surgeon, it was determined that she was not impregnated until after she turned 16. So I guess that's the Like the legal consent, Mm -hmm. legal age of consent. Yeah. So there was nothing they could do. It is in Utah, too. Is that? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you know there's, like, there's places, like, counties and shit in Arkansas where the legal age of consent is, like, 12 and 14? Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Fred and Rose decided that they were going to have a new beginning together at a flat in Gloucester. They moved flats three times before they ended up in Midland Road. Like, Rose kept bitching about the flats that they had. Because they were at number 10 Midland Road, and she didn't like it because there were people around that she didn't like. And so then they moved, and then they moved again, and they finally ended up here. Rose was now taking care taking care of the children full-time as she was growing her own Fred baby in her belly. Fred baby. Fred made Charmaine, who was now seven and attending school, and Anna Marie, who was now six, call Rose mom and Rena auntie. Like, how fucked up is that? You have to call your biological mom auntie. All I could think of when I was typing that was you. you <laughs> pew, pew, pew. Yeah. <laughs> we ain't got them big lips like auntie. You got a small lips. She, you got a little pussy. Pew, pew, pew. Pew, pew, pew. <laughs> Maybe that's why she was auntie, because she has the big old lips. <laughs> you ain't got that camel toe. You ain't got the big lips like auntie. You got a small pussy like this. You got a little lips. It's a 22. I feel like I need to pull that up and watch it today. I haven't watched it for a while. Oh, shit. Fred was working construction part-time and learning a lot from a man that who was, like, basically flipping houses. He was just kind of working for him on the side. He also worked for the people who owned the flat, and he was a milkman in the mornings, which was great for Fred because he could tour around stealing shit, plus picking up chicks to bang in the morning while delivering milk. He's a a stand-up fella. Real nice guy. Real, real Real nice. nice, Clark. Real (laughs) nice. The kids made sure that they knew Rose preferred their mother over her. And 
Rena had gotten a new boyfriend since and was planning on taking the girls and moving to Saudi Arabia with them. Right. How are, yeah, I, whatever, dude. But the kids were like, Charmaine would be like, I told my mom what, what Rose did to me and shit like that. I guess she would always tell her what was going on. But I don't think Rena cared because she was in her own little fucked up world just like they were. Uh, Fred had also handed over the discipline of the girls to Rose at this time. He even told her that Charmaine was old enough for the strap and to make sure that she doesn't leave any marks that show. That's amazing parenting, Fred. Yep. And so you're telling your, what, she's 16. 16 now. 16 year old little girlfriend that it's totally okay to beat the shit out of the kid with a strap. Just don't leave marks. Right. The fuck, man. Fred also suggested that Rose take up prostitution as Rena did, and Rose was totally fine with this, even though she was fucking pregnant. She even used Rena's working name, Mandy. Nice. She also used Rena's pimp, Rolf. Rolf, the Asian bus driver. No, he's the Pakistani. Oh, that's right. Because no, and the, and that was that was somebody else too. This is a new. This is totally separate person named Rolf the Rolf the pimp. What was the other guy's name? I can't remember now. It was like Billy Bob. Yeah, or Billy, Billy Boy. Boy. Or, yeah. yeah. In My la- bad. You're good. You're fat, and it's hard to keep up. No, with. no, it's fine. Oh no, you're, you're fine. You're good. You're good. You're good with Angel and Nikki. Yes. Sorry. Sorry. No, you're good. No, you're good. In late September of 1970, Bill and Daisy Lutz showed up at Fred and Rose's house. Apparently, when Rose answered the door and it was her mom and dad, she, like, went pale as a ghost because she hadn't seen them. And her dad was like, if I see you, I'm going to knife you. If I see you in the streets, I'm I'm going going to to knife knife you. you. And so she was like, oh, fuck, my dad's here. And they decided to let him in and see what they had to say about things. And Rose, at this time, was, like, nearly due with the baby. Fred, the master manipulator, knew exactly how to get to her father. He told him that he could still have her when he wanted. So then they got along just fine. Oh, yeah. After that, he was like, oh, wait, we can share these? Well, then let's be partners. Yeah. Because after that is kind of when Bill was like, God damn it, I keep hitting that fucking cord. Bill was like, hey, you know what? Got some ideas. Yeah. And he actually, like, proposed that they do a couple of jobs, finger quotes. Fuck me, man. Can I I catch a fucking break? That they do a couple of jobs. And he kind of figured out that Fred was, like, you know, he was a criminal. Uh-huh. And that he could help him do this. And that it might be kind of lucrative. So, you know, Fred's like, you can still bang your daughter. He was like, great. I have an opportunity for you. What? Like, that was that was just the door he was looking to get opened up. I know, and that's what I'm like, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> I'm sorry, what? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, explain yourself. Right. That was, that was it. That's what Bill wanted. And then Fred would get what he wanted. I just don't get it. And but so by the time they were done with this conversation and all buddy buddy, 
They're like, oh, well, let us take the girls. Bill and Daisy were like, let us take the girls while Rose has the baby. So you guys don't need to worry about that shit. Because now we're just, we're just cool yeah, now. We're, not, we're one big happy now. Mm-hmm. On October 17th, Rose had the, her first child, and they named her Heather. Fred was arrested two weeks later for theft, and then again two weeks later for theft. Yeah, for petty theft. Mm-hmm. He thought he could get away with anything, but it turns out he can't. Because on he's not that fucking clever. No, dude. you are not that good at shit, son of a bitch. You are not clever. I knew. On December fourth of nineteen seventy, he ended up being sentenced to ten months in prison, and he left Rose, who was now seventeen, to care for all three girls on her own while he was in prison. But while he was there, he went to lengths to make sure that Rose could pay for everything with her prostitution. So he they traded rent for sex, and they did all you know. They traded all kinds of things so that they could get food and whatever. So what a nice guy Fred was to get his family all set up while he was in prison. No. So the power has to stay on. Here's who you got to fuck for that. Yeah. Rent will be paid with your pussy. Here's how that's going to be done. Yes. What? Yeah. I'm sorry. What? And the thing was is that Rose was... Like, so fascinated with sex that she was okay with it. She, and and since her father had kind of groomed her into just taking it whenever, she didn't need foreplay or anything. She just wanted, like, some rough sex. Let's do this. Let's go. And that's what she paid for. That's how they got food and had a house. And like yep. I, <sighs> I wonder if the tread on that tire is very worn out. <laughs> I'm sure it is. I'm sure it is. It's seen some better days. Uh, so going back to Charmaine though, and and Rose disciplining them. Mm-hmm. Charmaine decided to tell Rena and other people that Rose had tied her up and gagged her, even though then to be like, oh, but she was just playing because they had taught her to say that they were playing. Uh, Fred from prison, told Rena to watch over the kids because now he's going to plot those two ladies against each other because he wants them to fight over him while he's gone. He's, like, totally... He needs the attention. He has to feel wanted. Yeah. And Rose, by this point, had developed, like, a major dislike for Charmaine. Charmaine was a brat to her, was always talking back to her. One time a neighbor came by, like the neighbor that lived up above them came down to borrow some milk and looked in and Charmaine was tied up, standing on a chair. She had a belt wrapped around her hands and they were behind her back and the buckle part was stuck, like, you know, the, what the is prong it? where the you prong, like yeah. put it into the boot or the belt uh-huh. hole was like jammed into her back type situation and... I lost my place. Yeah. They were, like, Rose just acted like it was no big deal. It was like, oh, yeah, never mind her. She's been acting out or whatever she says. Yeah, right. But Rose's temper ended up getting the best of her with 
all of the children, not just Charmaine. She would just start beating the shit out of her. Charmaine ended up going to the hospital with a puncture wound to her ankle, where they think Rose stabbed her. Mm-hmm. She even smashed a bowl over Anna Marie's head, like just smacked her in the head with this bowl, and the bowl went and shattered. There were times that she broke their collarbones. She broke one of their collarbones, and it was just like, oh, well, they're not going to do anything for you at the hospital, so just deal with it. Deal with it. Because she got sick of taking them in because they were hurt. Now, this is the time where Charmaine West was no more. Now, that was actually discussed between Fred and Rose. Mm-hmm. And she said she's getting out of hand. Rose said she's getting out of hand. I can't handle her. I don't know what to do. Blah, 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 blah. And Fred was like, kill her. Yeah. Just all all nonchalant about it. All right. Well, she's being a pain in the ass. You might as well just go ahead and murder her. I mean, there's less food we have to buy. It's one less thing we got to worry about. Yeah. And Rose was like, oh, well, that seems like a simple solution. Yeah. So what we do know is that she was murdered. What we don't know is how. Yep. Why and by who? Well, we know why. I'm lying. Why? We, I, I'm and going we to... we also know who. I'm, I'm going to assume that it was Rose. Yes. But that was something that, like, she went to visit him while he was incarcerated. And that was the conversation that they had. She was like, it's all too much for me. Well, and I could see that. Like, being 17 years old and having three fucking children to take care of. Like, that's a lot for an adult. But the solution is not to murder. No. The moral of the story today, let's not kill them. If your kids get out of hand, we don't kill them. Okay? <laughs> well, you can threaten it. Just don't do it. Don't follow through. Right. And we'll talk more about how we figure out who in the later episodes because there's an interesting twist to that whole situation. I don't even know if people noticed that she was gone, like if neighbors noticed she was gone. But if anybody asked them, they said that that she was in India with her mom or this or that or whatever. You know, There was always just, an excuse. There was always a story. There was always a reason why she was gone. Uh, Fred says it was his idea and that Rose had nothing to do with it. And... That's where we will find out what later on, because her body wasn't found until May 4th of 1994. She was naked. She had been sawed in half or, you know, dismembered in half. She was pulled apart. She had the missing hands and feet. Her leg bones were all detached, so her ankles were taken off. Her kneecaps were gone. Her legs had been separated and detached um her her thigh bones from her hips all of that just like Anne McFall she had been dismembered exactly the same and she was buried in their kitchen of their flat on 25 Midland Road like they just pulled up a part of the um like pulled up a slat Mm -hmm. pulled up a plank tossed it two by two it was like a mm-hmm. two by two square and planted her in like he did Anne McFall because he the smaller graves mm-hmm. uh, uh, he, he'll never ever say how he how she was killed but later on in an interview with someone he was asked 
if it was sex and bondage that had anything to do with her death, and he didn't say anything, but he did nod. And he was obviously using the poor little girl who was eight years old at this time uh, for sex because he was breaking her in. Like, uh-huh. that's what their family does. That's what Rose's dad did to her. Uh, this murder will be important later on in the trials when we get there because of Rose not being able to be tied to anything, and this is the one that ties her in. So we'll explain more of that later. Later. But guess where Rena was? Not. Mm. How about guess where she wasn't? Uh. She wasn't in India with Charmaine. Or or Saudi Arabia. Or Saudi Arabia. They kept saying she was in, in India. They're like, oh, Charmaine's in India with her mother. Why the fuck would they be in India? I don't know. Because of her, her new boyfriend. Apparently it was Saudi Arabia first, now India. Now I don't India. fucking know, but obviously that's World not, travelers. Yes. Obviously that's not going to like hold up for very fucking long. Because Rena was actually in Gloucester working as a prostitute. And while Fred was in prison, Rena would get Charmaine from school and take her places. It's believed that Rose and Rena had a different kind of relationship while he was gone, if you know what I'm saying. I guess they were like kind of buddy buddy and whatever. I don't know. I they 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 kind of left me hanging, so that's all I know. By August of 1971, Fred had decided that Rose in fact was dedicated to him after after the murder of Charmaine and how they, you know, did that together and She was someone that could carry out evil with him because that's what he was looking for. They didn't want Rena in the picture anymore for more than one reason. But the biggest being that they didn't want her to find out what they had done to Charmaine. They didn't want her coming around asking questions, being like, hey, hey, guys, remember that one kid? I like I had two kids, not just one. I don't I don't know where the one is. Oh, you don't have her. We thought you had her. I love that game. Like that cat that can where's, only go. Where's Shelby? I thought you had her. No, she was with you. No, I thought she had no oh my god, we lost a baby. Right. And that's what <clears throat> like that that game's only gonna last for, for so, so long. long. Right. This is where they decided they knew they had to get rid of Rena. Because Well, she's Poking around, sticking her fucking nose in places it doesn't need to be poked. Looking for a fucking kid, of all things. God. God. She even went to Fred's dad and asked Fred, because her and Fred's dad were pretty tight. (laughs) (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Oh, I'm sure they were. (laughs) And so he was like, well, I guess Walter told Fred, is like, hey, man. She came here looking for a kid. I don't know what happened, but you should take care of that shit. And so Fred made plans to meet up with Rena. And so they could finger quote talk. Mm-hmm. Right. They were, right. <laughs> yeah. And according to Fred, they were supposed to meet at a pub. And when he got there, she was already drunk. He had borrowed a car from her pimp. Hers and Rose's pimp, because they're sharing a pimp now. Rolf. 
They looks like they share quite a few things. They do. They're, they're they might scary. as well just become BFFs. I mean, right? at the end of the day. Why not? He picked her up and took her out to a field by Much Markle. And he helped her out of the car. And they walked over to a tree, which is a tree that they, I guess they would do this often. Just wander out, sit by a tree and talk. But they banged because, I mean... Why not? Why not? And they walked halfway back to the car, banged again, and <laughs> he said that they went back to the car, and that is just when he lost his head, and he killed her. I don't know why. He doesn't know why, but he smashed her against the gate and then kicked her to death. This is what he said. Nobody knows if it's true, but that's what he said. Like, why Why now? Like, you've gone and banged twice. Why now did you just lose your mind and decide to kill her? Oh, wait, because it was pre-planned. I just rolled my eyes really hard. I know, I saw that. <laughs> Do you know what premeditated means? Yes. Can I... Can, I feel like I'm at a... Uh, like a spelling bee. Can you give me the language of origin? Uh, yes, English. <laughs> Can you use it in a sentence? Uh, that murder was premeditated? premeditated. <laughs> yes. <clears throat> and he even went so far as saying that after he killed her, he didn't know what to do with the body because that was the first time he'd ever dealt with that kind of situation. No, it isn't, you fucking liar. Tell me more stories about how you lie. <laughs> July. July. What is your favorite month of the year? July. God. He said... That he dug a hole, but it wasn't big enough, so he had to dismember her so she would fit. He took off her head, legs, arms, hands, and feet, and he buried her in letterbox field. Now, remember, when we you go into, like, all this dismemberment and everything, like, the way that he does this stuff, remember, he was an abattoir. He was a butcher. Mm-hmm. So he had lots of knowledge on how to do this. Also, um, when he's telling these stories, saying that this had never happened before, at this point that he was talking to her when he first got caught, they hadn't found Anne McFall left left, left. yet. I don't know why left turned in, yet turned into left, but Jesus Christ. They hadn't found out anything about her yet, so he was still trying to play stupid and see how many people he could fool. Uh it's also believed that he cut off her head and let the blood run into the hole that he had dug before he finished dismembering her so that there was a smaller amount of blood everywhere. Because this is a practice that he learned as a butcher, he said this is how they would kill the veal. They would cut off their head while it was still alive, like they wouldn't stun it, they wouldn't shoot it, they would just go ahead and hurry and cut off the head while it was alive. And then they could drain out all the blood before they started to butcher them. And so that's believed that he did that to cut down on the blood that was all over the place with her. She was buried about 100 yards away from Anne McFall. She was in Letterbox Field. Anne was in Finger... I can't remember the name of it. Finger Post Field. And, but that was only 100 yards away. Both of the graves you could see from his childhood house. Both were dismembered, and both were missing 40 bones total when they were found. Fjorty. There was also, if we want to get a little bit more fucked up, fuckity up, 
Fucking it up. There was a four-inch red boomerang that belonged to Charmaine in the grave with Rena. Rena. That's creepy. Fred, because Fred like took her clothes off and he burned them, so that the, her her clothes weren't found anywhere. So, you know, he just took them off, put them in a pile, and then took them off and burned them right after he buried her. But he was like, "Oh, I don't know how that got there, but." Um, it must have fallen out of her pocket or something when I was burying her. She was fucking naked, you douchebag. So they believe that he was trying to put a piece of her daughter with her in the grave, which is weird. Her remains stayed there for 23 years before they were ever discovered. Mm-hmm. Ugh. That's what gets me like, Kate Anne was 27 years. And Rena and Charmaine were 23 years. Like, holy shit balls. How, how, uh. And that's why I think there's another grave. That's my thought. Because like we've talked about before, I, where we don't think that these are his first killings. I think no. there's another grave somewhere. I think that if you go turn upside down that place, or even the one, that flat that him and Rena lived in that had the little garden. Mm-hmm. I bet there's people in there, too. Or even on his family property. Uh-huh. Like, due to the fact that his dad, like Walter, was such a fucking crazed maniac, I, there's there's no telling. Like, they probably, the speculation station, they probably did some shit together. Right. So God only knows what might be buried out on their family property. Because, like, most most of the people we read about their first one is a little different than all of the other ones. But on his, his quote, what's supposed to be his first one isn't different. It's actually pretty well thought out and carried out. And all that Anne McFall was, she was really, it wasn't sloppy. No. It wasn't like it was a spur of the moment. I didn't think this through. So I don't believe that was his first one. I no. think he well knew what he was doing by then, but didn't Usually your caught. first kill is pretty... Messy. Yeah. yeah. Well, I guess, yeah, you, usually. In the research that I've done, in right. most of the things that you read, your first kill is usually pretty sloppy. Now, there are going to be exceptions to this rule. Catherine Knight was one of them. Mm-hmm. She only killed one person, but it was fucking... What she did was goddamn brutal. Right. But what she did was precise as fuck. Mm-hmm. Did she make a mess? Yeah, there was a mess. She skinned a motherfucker and then took his skinless corpse and posed it in the living room. And then hung his fucking skin in a window. But he was drinking a Coke. What else he, could I mean, we- I, Shit, man, the TV was on. Yeah, like what else could he? And need? then she cooked his flesh. She hung, his, she hung his skin in a doorway, not a window, but and then cooked his plate. Just his bum. Just his bum. Just a chunk of his bum. Just a chunk of bum. But so like hers was very methodical. But yeah, you look at like Jody Arias. Hers yeah. was fucking filthy. Yeah, well, and it could. I guess some of the first murders are very thought out and very well taken care of. But they're However, the only but murders. They evolve too. Oh yeah, a lot of them evolve, and I don't feel like he evolved that much. He kind of stuck to the same, to the same practice yeah. as he went on, which we will talk about next week. <laughs> <laughs> that is all. Next week we're gonna get into the deep of the fuckery of Fred and Rose. 
um, their way that they're bringing young girls to them and how they had like 17,000 children together and how Rose was not hot anymore. Because she was actually a pretty good looking little gal. She was, actually. Yeah. She had that, that wide-eyed yeah. kind of look on her face. But she wasn't a bad looking girl. No, and she had a nice cute little body. And then by the time she got to the point of the what the picture is on the back of this Well, book, dude, having a multitude of children will do that to the female body. Like, oh, there's, man. I, I understand, like, some people have babies. And they snap right back. Yeah. Um, but I think a lot of people put, I don't know, I've seen some people like snap right back and I'm like, how the fuck do you do that? They're like, I don't know, good genes. I'm my, like, Yeah, my what? sister-in-law had a baby and three weeks later was at the fucking beach in a bikini, like at the lake. Oh, and shit. we pulled up and I was like, oh my God, just shoot me now. Like I had my kid two years ago and I still look like I'm fresh out of the delivery. <laughs> I've seen some women have a bunch of babies and get back down right where, you know, where they were before. Not all women can do that. Most women, in my personal experience, have a child. They never get back down to where they were. No. Ever. I know, like, a handful of people. Yeah. My sister, my sister, my brother's ex-girlfriend has four boys, and she's tiny. Jesus. Yeah, she is, huh? Yeah, she is. She's itty bitty. I just had to think of who it was. Sorry, I'm not. <laughs> yeah. Ding. My Aunt Kay had five kids, and during her childbearing years, she was fucking tiny the whole entire time. She didn't gain weight till they, like, moved out of state and started eating out and all that shit, but it wasn't from kids. She was tiny. Yeah. Not me. Like, I thought about getting pregnant, and my hips widened, and my belly started to sag. <laughs> yeah, dude, it, I... I saw what pregnancy did to some of my family members. It was brutal. Yeah, my family doesn't return. Like, I my, I have my cousin, some of my cousins have had babies, like, two. And they got right back down to where they yeah. were. They might be a little chubbier, but they're still pretty small. And I'm like, ah. And then I've got other cousins that made babies, and they look like they swallowed a small child. They're like, I just had a baby. I'm like, well, I hope it was delicious. <laughs> I hope it was delicious. <laughs> oh, I love that part of that movie. <laughs> She just had a baby. baby. I hope it was delicious. (laughs) (laughs) Totally forgot about that. I love it. Um, yes. Uh, Now that we went off on a little thing about, well, his mom was the same way. That woman, like, yeah, she pumped out a few puppies and got real big. Yeah, I gained weight, but I didn't gain weight from kids. I was already fat when I started having kids. I gained weight from steroids and eating bad bad choices and bad choices mm-hmm. that's exactly how i got fat just being a lazy lump of shit and well you know it's i i did the fat and happy yeah because i was pretty small when i first hooked up with spence and then we started doing the fat and happy where i was actually oh, yeah. cooking he hadn't had a woman cook meal in a while yeah and i was cooking every night i was making like meatloafs with gravy and mashed potatoes and rolls and like just like comfort foods yeah and i was eating he was eating like we were eating ice cream in bed at night like we just did the fat and happies like he gained 30 pounds i gained like 80 well and when he gained 30 pounds he is like eight feet tall so you're like where you're where did yeah it where go? Like, I can't see where it went because... Oh, you you put 30 pounds on me? Oh, shit. Yeah, because that's what well, I I'm just only, gained. It all went in my neck. I'm only five feet tall, so you can tell even 10 pounds. 
Yeah. Like every every ounce makes a difference because I'm so fucking little. What I hate about me is that I can lose 10 pounds and nobody fucking notices. I can gain 10 pounds and it look like I gained 50. <laughs> so, you know what? The uh the uh fuck, the dietitian that I was seeing uh-huh. was like cuz I lost like 30 pounds and I when I was real big, lost 30 pounds and I was like, "Motherfucker, like I can't, I can't even tell." See it. He was like, "Take a brand new roll of toilet tissue." Okay? And I was like, "All right. I I'm listening." He was like, take 30 wraps off that roll. Can you tell a difference? And he's like, and I was like, probably not. And he was like, however, take 55 or 60 wraps off there. Can you tell a difference? And I was like, yeah. He was like, the bigger you are, the longer it takes for a difference to show, even though, you know, 30 pounds is a lot. Like, go to the grocery store and grab three 10-pound bags of potatoes and cart that motherfucker around with you as you shop. You will know. Oh, yeah. Like, I actually did that after I lost 50 pounds. I went and got five bags of potatoes and hucked them over my shoulders. And I was like, God, is this really what I was carrying around? Fuck me. But not that I couldn't fucking do it now, but I thought about going to the store and grabbing 10 because I'm officially 100 pounds down. Yeah, yay. I know. Yay. Um... And, like, seeing how it would be to cart that shit around, I was like, fuck, no, No. I'd be so goddamn out of breath. Nope. No. No. When I lost my first pounds, it was when Calvin was still littler. He was, like, 60 pounds. I was like, I lost you. Mm -hmm. I lost you. Not now. I've gained gained most of them. I'll line my children up. I've gained that many. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Calvin's, like, 115 pounds. I did not gain that much. I was going to say, he's a big son of a bitch. I didn't gain any of my children back because I think the littlest one is 48 pounds. Yeah. I'm not there yet. So if you guys want to find us on social media, you can find us on Facebook at Color Me Dead Podcast. We also have a group. Um, we have Color Me Dead Pod, or it's Color Me Dead Group. We also have CMD Keto Motivation um, for those of you that are interested in having a support system. We also have Color Me Still Here, which is a, a group page that our fans put together for domestic violence and abuse survivors. We also have the Color Me Dead book club. Yes, and we have the Color Me Dead crime con group. Yes. So join any of such groups. You can also find us at Instagram at Color Me Dead Podcast and Twitter at Color Me Dead Pod. Um, If you want to go help support us, go to our Age of Radio page, which is www.ageofradio.org backslash Color Me Dead backslash. And from there, you can listen to our show. You can go to our Patreon from there. There's a big button that says Patreon. And you can shop from our sponsors, which at this point we have Blue Apron, uh, Loot Crate, Lootware, and On It. So if you go shop there, then we end up getting a percentage of that. Like if you go click there. Um, we also want to give a big shout out to our examinators, Clinton Toon, Samantha Vaughn, and Sharon Hoffman. Thank you guys very much. This episode was actually chosen by one of our former examinators, Tracy Ladderkeith. Um, also, big congratulations to our one of our listeners, Kelsey Suchecki, and her new husband, Brian. They got married on September 1st. Yay. Nice. Congratulations. Congratulations. Yay. Um, we also have some promos for you guys to listen to from Home Video oh. Hustle and The Witching Hour. So we'll let you guys listen to those. And so um, 
maybe don't kill your kids when you're upset with them. And And stay stay out out of chalk lines. lines. Goodbye. Hey, I heard you like movies. I heard you like to hustle. I heard you like podcasts. Well, guess what? There's a podcast for you out there called The Home Video Hustle. Damn right. Every Friday, we talk about whatever movie PJ picks out the bag. What does that mean? Every Wednesday on our YouTube page, I put a bunch of movies in a bag and PJ picks one out at random. And then we just watch it. We talk about it for maybe like an hour, hour and a half, two hours. Whatever we feel like doing, wherever the conversation leads us. But do we actually talk about the movie? Most of the time. Ah. Tangents galore. Yes. So believe me, we may be a movie podcast, but it's not always about movies. We might talk about video games. Mm-hmm. Music. music. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. the big one, music. Uh, sometimes we might get a little bit of politicalness in there. Yes. Sometimes we may just, oh, we know what we like to do. We like to tell stories, PJ. Yeah, yes. I am the master storyteller <laughs> yes. of the podcast realm. <laughs> Undefeated. So if you like to hear about movies, video games, whatever foolishness comes to our mind, the most random stuff you can think of, check out the Home Video Hustle. You can find us on the Stitchers. Yes. The Google Play. Yes. Apple Podcasts. What else? Podbean. What else? Podcast Addict. Goddamn. All that. Ain't no reason you can't get your hustle on. We everywhere. Worldwide, baby. Hustle, motherfucking hustle. Hey, we can't cuss in the promo, PJ. Ah. We gotta be family friendly. There may be podcasts out there that don't want his hair to say. Ah. 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 All that good fun stuff. <laughs> well, <laughs> you. Yeah. <laughs> No, don't, don't run the listeners away, Pete. Ah, I'm sorry. But this is going kind of long. Yes. So we'll end this and say, hey, check out the Home Video Hustle every Friday on all the various podcast outlets. Peace. Peace. Hey, guys. What's up? I'm Amanda Rassico. And I'm Christiane Delon. So we know if you're listening to this, then you're probably fans of the Bazaar. If you can't get enough of that. And we know you can't, because can any of us that enjoy podcasts really get enough? Then check out our podcast, The Witching Hour, Stories of the Macabre, and Unusual. Join me, and me, and our co-host Jacob Hodge as we play a drinking game and drunkenly laugh our way through tales of the paranormal, UFOs, serial killers, and other unexplained shit. So, grab a cocktail. Or two, we're not gonna judge you. And drink along to your favorite stories of the bazaar. Look for The Witching Hour, Stories of the Macabre, and Unusual wherever you get your podcasts.